I'm excited to see that everyone survived Hurricane Matthew in the room. That was exciting for me, uh, specifically because if you're like me, uh, if you have family in any other part of the country, like my phone, the entire day blew up just by them saying to me, you're not staying there. Like, there, you cannot stay there. And I'm like, no, I'm staying. Like, they boarded me up. I'm good. And they're like, well, if we don't ever see you again, we'll talk to you soon, right? Hopefully sometime soon. And so, but anyway, I mean, it blew past us. And so that was just a really cool thing. Um, I spent the day kind of inside with some buddies. Caitlin got called to a mandatory shift at the emergency room at Broward Health. And so I just was kind of hanging out just all day, boarded up, watching movies, being who I was, that's all it was. So um, Hurricane Matthew passed us by, but we're all here today, and we're in the middle of this series called Six Things Over Time. Now, I'm going to kind of refresh us all, those who might not have been with us last week, but last week we kicked this thing off, and we talked about these six things that we think specifically kids and teenagers, those who might be in our lives, younger people, whether they're our own kids, our nieces and nephews, people that we work with who are kids, or just kids who know us at any level, we think these things are true for all of the kids or teenagers, or furthermore, people who we would interact with throughout our life. So I want to tell you about this. This is a jar of marbles. In here, there are 936 marbles. And this represents something. It represents time. Because from the time a kid is born to the time they graduate from high school, there is an average of 936 weeks that we have of kind of influence in their life until they go off into the world and start seeing things through different eyes and start experiencing things differently. And so what we encourage families to do is we say this, hey, we want you to get a jar like this and put it in your house when a new child is born or if you have a child to figure out the number of weeks that you have left. And then each weekend, take a marble out. And you'll see over time what happens because you'll see the number of marbles that you have in here decrease. And we do this for a number of reasons because we think it's important to visualize time. So we encourage families to put this in a place in your home where you can see the actual time that you have left until a kid goes off into the world. And this is so cool because it comes directly from Scripture. It comes from the book of Psalms, verse, uh, chapter 90, verse 12, where Moses wrote this. He said, hey, teach us to number our days that it may give us a heart of wisdom. And he's talking about time which is so, so crucially important. Time is the one thing that we just can't get enough of and we can't get more of. Time is so crucially important that we understand how much time we have left of influence with these kids or teenagers who are in our life. But the things that we think kids and teenagers need over time kind of transcend age groups. Really, we think they apply to all people. And this is why it's so important to understand that last week we talked about time. And what we said was, when you see your time running out, you tend to make the moments that matter, matter more. Furthermore, we said that when you see the time you have left, you tend to value the time that you had now. I told you last week about our friends, Becca and Brett, who live in California, were the godparents of their daughter, Vanessa, and we got them as a gift when she was born, a jar of marbles. And last week, they posted on my Facebook timeline this image of their jar and how much it's decreased as she has grown up already. There was a mark that we used when we gave it to them at the beginning of the jar, and you should see how much is already gone, because they understand the value of time. And the value of the influence that they have that will eventually run out as a teenager goes off into the world to experience it for the first time. So we think there's just a number of things that kids and teenagers need over time. And last week we talked about time. We said when you invest time over time, it makes a history worth repeating. 
That when you invest in the life of someone else, it actually leaves a legacy and it creates history. And today, we're going to talk about the second one. And I think that this is so crucially important for us to understand. We're going to talk about words. Because we think that words are so important in the life of a kid or a teenager, someone who's developing, someone who's growing. We think that words are so crucial. And I'm going to talk about why here today? And words, this is one message that I just think is just so important to the strategy of what we do around here. Actually, next week, I think it's the most important message. I'm not going to lie. I think love is the most important. So you do not want to miss next week, no matter what you do. Make it a point to be here. But love is what we're going to talk about next week. But today, almost equally important is this idea of words. I don't know if you've ever been a victim of words in your life or someone has not used words properly in your life, maybe even as you were growing up. But it's painful, and it's hurtful, and it can affect a few things. But before I kind of talk about the effect of words, I just want to kind of go over a couple of things. I don't know if you're like me, but I'm a Googler. Like, I like to Google things, and I like to find out, like, if there's anything, like, new and unique out there that I'm trying to figure out. And so one of the things that I was interested in as I was writing this message is I was like, I want to look at the words that have been added to the English dictionary like in the past couple of years, right? I want to see where our language has gone in the last couple of years. And you know this if you've watched like the news or anything, like sometimes when words get added, like people are up in arms, like especially like English majors, like they're so like want to like throw out, you know, everything because we've added a couple of words. But I just wanted to come up, I just want to show you a couple of words that have been added recently that I think are so cool, okay? Here's the first one, Negadelphia. Okay, this is a negative or defeatist attitude of Philadelphia sports fans. This is real. And like, so I don't know if you're a Philadelphia Phillies fan or you're an Eagles fan in the room, but apparently things aren't going so well up there for those folks. Apparently things are in rough shape up there in Philly. And I don't know about you, but like I was trying to figure out why. Like this actually got added to the English dictionary. Boy, they need some money up there or something to like infuse into the system. So, but maybe we'll take it out. I mean, Miami or like, you know, Nega Miami. I know that's real true, but I don't know about, I didn't know about Philadelphia, right? Okay, here's the, here's the next one, which I thought was so interesting. Generacist, a person who discriminates against members of younger generations. And it's this idea that there's someone who might be older and they don't like what's going on that's new, right? They don't like technology. They don't like social media. They don't like that people are doing things differently. They don't like that the world might be changing from nine to five, right? This is not appropriate. We don't like what's going on. You know this, right? Because if you've seen like old men, white men with beards, like who are mad, like that kids are running on their lawn playing ball, like you've seen this, you know what I'm talking about. Well, it finally got added to the English dictionary, right? Generacist. I love this one. This one is just, this one's in my wheelhouse because I do this. It's, it's here, it's hashtaggery, okay? So if you, I'm a hashtagger, and I don't know if you are a hashtagger, but I, I sometimes overuse hashtags, I, I think a little bit, and, but it's the crafting or use of hashtags for social media posts. So it's this idea, and if you don't know what a hashtag in the, in the room, if you're here and you don't know what that is, I'm going to explain it because it's cool, it's kind of like revolutionary. It's this idea that you would put a pound sign in front of a word, and then when you would click that on any social media platform, it would pull up all of the like, topics that are surrounding that. Anybody who's hashtagged the same thing, you can see everybody's posts related to that. Like, I'm a hashtagger, right? And here's, I wanna, here's another thing I don't get. Why don't hashtags work on Facebook? Something's wrong with the algorithm, because like, you Instagram something, and like, it, it works, right? You hit the hashtag, but on Facebook, it's brutal. I don't know who it's pulling up on Facebook, but hashtaggery is a word that is new into the English dictionary. And then this one, which you all know, 
but this one set them off. Like, you want to talk about something that set everybody off? Like, I, w- I remember I was watching the news, and, like, people were protesting and, like, wanting to get rid of phones and, like, saying they couldn't, we should change culture again. It's selfie. You know this? Because this is new in the past two years in the actual English dictionary, and, like, phonetic scholars were like, I cannot handle this. Like, this is not something that I can handle. This nonsense has made its way into the English language, but a photograph that one has taken of oneself, typically one taken with a smartphone or webcam and shared via social media. They forgot to put in parentheses, with ducky lips. Like, that's just what it is, right? And you know that, right? Because you've done it, okay? But this is so important because... Words are not just words, like they're surrounding something, they're involved in something, because we've created words as a way to express what goes on inside of our hearts. We've created words to express and to communicate with other people what we're feeling. Human beings created this earliest thing called language, and language was so unique at the time that it was even incepted or created, and things change over time. Which is why I wanted to tell you about some of the new things that are in the English dictionary. Because different cultures have different languages. And you know this, especially living in South Florida. Multiple languages are spoken down here. But language is the way that kind of we've created to describe words that would come out of our mouths and would go at someone else or express how we feel to someone else. Language is so, so important. And let me tell you something about words because we're going to kind of get into it now. Here's something I believe about words. Words matter. Words matter. And a lot of times, people, probably every single person in this room, myself included, we don't think that our words matter as much as they do. We tend to kind of be loose with our words from time to time. I would ask any of you downstairs in the lobby after service, has there been a moment when you said something that you you wish that you could take back and every single one of you would tell me yes? But words matter. I'm going to tell you something uh, additionally. Words matter here at Downtown Harbor Church. Let me tell you why. Words matter so much because we believe so strongly in what we say. We want to make sure that what we say from this stage, what we say on social media, what we say in our messaging is so crafted and so crisp and so clear that we engage with a culture who is different than the local church currently is so that we can engage with people right where they're at. So we take a lot of time and talk about our words. All of my ideas, and this is the way it is in so many churches, all of my ideas don't get accepted. And so many churches across America, it's just a guy or a gal on a stage who locks him or herself in a room and they write everything, not here. My words, everything that I say kind of goes through a committee, committee is the word, but a group who would just sit around and go, that works, that doesn't. This is not good. We got to change this because I'm not married to my own ideas. Right? Words are so important. That's why we sit around and go, this should matter more than we could ever understand that it matter. Words matter more than we think that they matter. Because when you understand what words do, you understand how important it is that you choose them carefully. Because they are the one thing that once they come out of your mouth, I don't know if you know this, but you can't ever take them back in as much as you want to. Even if you ask for forgiveness, or even if you say you didn't mean it, or even if you didn't mean it, right? They can't come back in. But we believe something about words, especially as it relates to the time that we have left with kids and teenagers in our life. We think that when you understand the importance of words over time, it equals something. It equals direction. Every kid or teenager that we invest in, furthermore, every person who is here is on a path. And that path can go one way or it can go another way. And wouldn't it be different 
If we understood that we kind of held the key to sending someone on a different path or a different direction, that when we used words that were uplifting over time, that it might influence their direction in a more positive way, versus when we use words that don't uplift someone, what it does to their future. This is so important for us to understand. So I'm going to put two words on the screen, and I want to just compare them. The first one is love. And we're going to talk about love next week. I don't know if I said that already, but we're going to talk about it, and it's going to be important, so it's going to be so important for you to be here because it's going to be an amazing time. But see, we think when your words are filled with love, and that's where, that's where your words are rooted, and you speak love into the life of someone, and you use loving words over time, we think it provides something for them. We think it provides worth. We think that people understand when they are loved by someone or someone uses loving words that they actually matter because Furthermore, when you use the opposite of love, and you know what the opposite of love is, right? It's hate. When you use hate, let me tell you how people feel. When your speech is filled with hate, or you use words that aren't uplifting, or you use the word, hey, I hate you. And you know, if you've ever said it, or you've ever received it, how that makes you feel. It makes you feel worthless. That when you say the word hate, that it doesn't build anyone up. It actually just tears them down. And as kids and teenagers are developing over time and the time is running out that we have to use our words with them before they go off into the world and discover themselves, right? And they go off to college or they go off and have a family or whatever they do, right? We need to make sure that our words are just used so, so carefully because words can be used to do something. Words can be used to do a number of things. Words can be used to love or scorn. Words can be used to promote love or to scorn. And your tone plays a lot into this as well. I don't know if you know that. We're going to talk about that in a second. But your words can be used to promote love or they can be used to scorn. And you know the difference. They can be used to encourage or to tear down. They can be used to encourage someone or they can be used so powerfully to tear someone down. And finally, your words can be used to illuminate or to shut out. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a kid tell you they had an idea, right? You ever had a kid tell you they had an idea? Well, I have. I worked with kids for years and years and years. And all of, like, downstairs, if your kids are downstairs today, you have kids. And if you don't have kids yet, they're going to tell you ideas someday if you're going to. Or if you have a niece and nephew or you work with kids, trust me, they have ideas, right? And they just say the darndest things, right? I remember. I remember when I was like a kid, my dad, his response to this wasn't very good. But he, I, I remember telling my dad one time, I said, Dad, I think I know what I want to be. And he goes, oh, really? What do you want to be? I go, I think I want to be a ventriloquist. You should have seen the look on that man's face. It was like I was out of my mind. But let me just tell you why this is so important for us to respond and use our words properly when a kid comes up to us and they say, hey, I got any idea I want to tell you about. This is what I want to be someday. This is what I want to grow into someday. You think I could do this? Because there's a big difference between saying, you know what? You can do anything you put your mind to. I believe in you. So if that's what you want to do, I stand by your side and I'll never leave you. Other than, you will never succeed at that. That is way too hard. You should give up now and not even try and go do something practically. What a difference that could influence someone's direction in their life. And it's different for kids than it is adults, right? 
Because our ideas, they kind of get stomped out. And if you're an adult, you know that not every idea you have is a good idea. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Let me give you a quick example. So, a buddy of mine, John, in the back of the room, the guy with the, wears the flannel shirts and got the hair thing going on. He's back there. Um, he, uh, he, a couple of years ago, I said to him, I said, hey, listen, John, I got an idea. He goes, oh, here we go, because I always have ideas. I'm just an idea guy. And it, I go, I want to write a book. He goes, you just got done writing one. I said, I know I want to write another one. He goes, so like another book to volunteers? And he goes, I go, no, I got, I got this one. I go, I want to write a book of quotes. And he goes, oh, boy, this should be good. And I, he goes, well, give me a couple of the quotes. Tell me a couple of them. And I said, okay, here, here it is. Very few people are reasonable people. That was the first one. And he goes, uh-huh. He goes, uh, very few people are reasonable people, okay? Uh, you got anything else? I said, yeah, check out number two. This is going to be chapter two. And then I go, why does what I do bother you so much? And John goes, mm-hmm. He goes, can I give you a piece of feedback? I said, yeah. He goes, it sounds more like a transcript from an argument with your wife than a book of quotes. And I said, yeah, I did get that one from there. So I canned the idea, right? Because it was terrible. Book of quotes. What am I quoting? Who am I quoting? I did nothing, right? But here's the deal. I was an adult. And when you're an adult, you kind of understand that everything that you don't come up with is a, good, is a good idea. But words over time for kids, even if they don't end up doing something or they don't end up following through on an idea that they tell you, those moments can influence the direction in their life. Those moments could set them on a different path. Did you know? that we think that preschoolers think like artists. I don't know, if you have a preschooler in the room, you, you know this, and I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know, but like sometimes they just need to get messy, right? And that's going to drive you nuts in your home, and if, if, you, if you have grown kids, you know this, like, but they just need to get messy, and glitter is involved, and that's fine, because they're great cleaning people in South Florida to help take care of that problem, but we think as they learn and grow, they, just, they think like artists, and there are words need to encourage that. And we think elementary age kids think like scientists, they're looking for more concrete answers to grow and develop and discover who they are in their life. And teenagers, that's a whole nother world, right? That's a whole different world, right? We could talk about that for hours. But our words, depending on where a kid is at and the time that we have left, they matter. Because words over time help kids reason. Words over time help kids reason and understand. Because I don't know if you know this, but kids just don't understand everything. If you've ever encountered this question from a child, you know that it's like the, the question that is the universal question. Here's the question. Why? Why? I don't know. What, like, what, okay, right? But, but over time, words can help kids reason. That's why we think kids need a vocabulary. That's why we think it's so important for kids to understand words and what they mean and how to, go, how, how to understand them and put them into practice in their own life. That's why we think a vocabulary is so important for kids, especially, don't miss this, especially as they're dreaming and developing, especially as they're growing and discovering who they are. We think adults should have a vocabulary too, by the way, if you don't, you should. I mean, it's good just so you can understand. Like, I, I, my vocabulary is not extensive, but like sometimes people say things to me and I'm like, I'm sorry, can you stop and please use words that people understand? You know, because I just, you know, you don't understand everything all the time, but it's good to understand more words and what they mean. But words over time help kids win. Words over time help kids win. Because the kids and teenagers in our life, whoever they are, we want them to win, don't we? We want them to succeed. We want them to go down the best path that they can. And what would happen if there was a kid in your life who you influenced 
and they wanted to do something, and your words over time help change the direction of their life. Maybe they're going to become a scientist and discover something. Maybe they are going to fly on a spaceship. Maybe they are going to work at Walt Disney World someday. You know, I don't know what it is, but it, they could. And our words over time can help influence the direction in their life. And words over time also help kids believe. Words over time help kids believe. So we say this a lot around here, but we believe that Jesus is who he said that he was. That he was a guy who walked this earth and made some crazy claims that he was actually God in the flesh. And he goes, hey, you want to question me on it? Don't worry, I'll prove it because I'll die and I'm going to be alive three days later. And then he did it. And so I was like, I'm with him. Like, that's the guy I'm with right there. If he can say that, I'm with him. I got nothing else. But what we do is we want to help kids, especially kids who are in your life and who come here. We want to help them believe in words over time, help them to do that. That's why downstairs, I want to give you a glimpse into the life of a preschooler real quick. Okay, they learn three things consistently throughout their time with us. They learn three simple truths that God loves me, God made me, and Jesus wants to be my friend forever. And then, because they're thinking like artists, right? And then as they move into elementary age, they learn a couple of different three things over their course of time with us, all rooted in scripture that they learn countless number of stories about from the ancient text. The three things they learn are this, is this, I need to make the wise choice. Wouldn't life just be different if people started making wise choices? Wouldn't it just change the world? So I need to make the wise choice. I can trust God no matter what. And don't miss this one. I should treat others the way I want to be treated. Everything would be different. So that's what we do. So words over time help them believe. But here's what I want you to know. Okay, you're thinking, okay, so what about me? What does that mean for me sitting here today? What does that mean for me personally? I want you to know this. I think it's so important that you, who understands that time is running out, that you weigh what you say. Your words are so important, and they matter so much more than you could ever understand that they matter. They influence direction. You want to know something? They don't just influence direction in the life of a kid or a teenager. They're just developing. They influence direction in the life of all people. That's why it's so important that you understand that you weigh what you say. And I didn't just make this up. This goes as far back as an ancient book in the ancient scripture. A book that was written by the wisest guy to ever walk the face of the earth. So the scripture claims he is by the name of Solomon. And here's what he wrote in Proverbs chapter 15 verses 1 and 2. This is what he said. A gentle answer, being gentle, wouldn't that just look so different? A gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. And it goes on to say this. It says, we hit it, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. And the lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of fools are not upright. You know what he's, you know what he's saying? If you use hate-filled words or you use harsh words, or you let anger take over your words, that's what he says, you fool, you fool, that's what he says, because you have no idea what that does to the direction of someone else's life, don't do it, so what does that mean, what do our words look like then, let me give you some practical ways that I think that we can just say these things 
to people in our life, to kids in our life, to teenagers in our life, and it can change the direction of where they're going. Let me give you a couple of practicals real quick. This is so important. I remember when, hey, I remember when you studied really hard for that test, and you didn't get the grade you wanted, but you put so much effort in, and you know what? I'm proud of you. I'll always stand by your side because of it. I remember when. You know, I've noticed you seem to be doing a lot better at this. You seem to be getting along with your siblings a lot better. You seem to be treating your mom or dad a lot better. I've noticed. How about this one? You ever started this with, hey, I hope you know something. Have you ever, and this could be with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents. I don't care who it is. Like, right? But I hope you know how much I love you. You ever just stopped and said that? I hope you know how much I care about you. I hope you know that in some way that is bigger than I could ever grasp or imagine, that God, the ever-present creator of the universe, who's so big, placed you in my life along my path. You matter to me. How about I've really noticed? I've really noticed, right? Or I have noticed. Or how about I'm really glad? I'm really glad right, that, that you've been doing this. I'm really happy for you that you have achieved this. I'm really glad about this. And then I love this one where it's, I've been thinking. Because do you know what starting the conversation with those words does? It changes the conversation. It creates dialogue rather than just you putting your foot down and stomping something out. So Caitlin and I... Um, as I said last week, if you were here, if not, you're going to get a little glimpse into our life. So we live in downtown Fort Lauderdale, and uh, recently we uh, went down to one car in our home. We had two cars for a long time, but we just didn't drive in Fort Lauderdale. She works downtown. I work from home and come here and do a whole bunch of other stuff, but we went down to one car. So the only conflict that we kind of found was, hey, how are you going to get to DHC on Sundays? What are you going to do? Um, especially because she doesn't come as early as I come. I get here about 6.30 or so. And so she goes, how are you going to get there? I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to Uber. How much could Uber be to get to DHC every Sunday? Just like six bucks. It's great. So then I found this Uber driver that I really like using. Got her contact info. She's awesome. She shows up every week at like 6.20 in the morning. We go to the donut shop. We get our coffee, right? And we come to DHC. So on the way to DHC, what I've been doing ever since we did this is I've been kind of reviewing the messages with her. And so I started to talk to her about this words message today. And she goes, and she's just like this older Jewish woman from New York who's just like a complete stitch. She's hilarious. And so I told her about the message and I was reading her some of my points and she goes, oh, great. So she goes, so every mom in the room can feel bad about every single thing they've ever said to their children today. I said, well, she goes, real nice. That's what she said to me. I said, no, hold on, listen. I said, this is not meant to make anyone in the room feel guilty about this. But here's what it is meant to do. It's meant for all of us to understand that we have, over the course of time, related to our families, our kids, our teenagers, and people in our life, every single one of us have misused words. And I want you to know this. If you are loose with your words over time, someone will suffer. Someone will suffer. That's not meant for you to leave here ridden with guilt today about something that you've said. Because every single person in this room is regretful about something that they've said to someone. And more than likely, it's probably recently okay, that it's happened. That's just human nature. 
But it is meant, today is not meant to make us feel that way, but today is meant for us to understand that as time is running out, as we uh, interact with kids and teenagers as people, that the future can be different than the past. That you don't have to continually struggle with that if that's something you'd struggled with. Because now you have context for it. Now you understand that words over time equal direction. Now you get it. And if you've ever been a victim of verbal abuse... If you've ever been a victim of hate-filled words, you know how painful it is and how we have to start getting this right. Even if someone's not going to apologize to us, we can get it right in the relationships that we have for their futures. Words over time equal direction. But did you know this? I'm going to say a couple of just, you know, pound things out here as we, as we kind of go. Don't ever, don't misconfuse this with the kids and teenagers are not going to make mistakes, okay, or screw up. They are all the time, right? You just need to know that. And you who are parents in the room know it. Those of you who volunteered with kids knows it. know it. If you have nieces or nephews, you know it. They're just going over time to make mistakes. That doesn't mean that you enable their mistakes. But there's a big difference between saying to a nine-year-old who got into a fight at school, I cannot believe I raised you that way. What kind of a kid are you that would go and do that? You are going to be grounded, and frankly, you're going to be locked in your room so you can rot, and I hope I don't have to see you again for weeks. Versus, hey, I don't know what happened. And I'm not telling you what you did was right. In fact, it was wrong. But I want you to know this. You have something going on inside that I want to help you get through. Because I'll tell you this, even though there might be consequences to your actions, I love you, and I will never, ever leave your side. Two completely different statements. It happens when we understand how important words are over time. Because how you say what you say, how you say what you say is as important as what you say. Your tone matters. Your gentleness matters. How you deal with a kid in that situation matters. Not because some random stooge in a museum in Fort Lauderdale has a microphone and he's saying it. Yeah, that's me. I called myself that. It's because in the scriptures, it talked about it. And it talked about what happened and how dangerous it was when we got that wrong. Last thing, then I'm done. It's not just about how you talk to a kid. Because today we've been talking about words and what we say to people who are in our life. Don't miss this. This is so true and important. It's not just about how you talk to a kid. It's about how you talk around a kid. Let me tell you what I mean. Surveys will tell you that women who struggle with self-esteem issues as adults, most of them can equate it back to one thing. It can be their mom talking bad about herself or about other women during their childhood. It wasn't even said directly to a kid. It was just said around a kid. And I don't know about you, but I want anyone in my life who is a young person, or just a person for that matter, to have the best direction in their life that they can. That's why words matter. In Proverbs 22, verse 6, I said this last week, and it's so important for us to understand because it relates to words as well. Direct your children onto the right path. And when they're older, they will not leave it. You know what this right path is? direction in their life. And you know what? For today, for us, a lot of us reflect. Some of us experience pain related to this. 
I would be lying to you if I tell you that I didn't have some lingering stuff going on in my life related to when I was a kid and these things. But I'll tell you this. It's time in every one of our lives to hit the reset button on words and to move into a better path and a better direction so that people's futures can be different, so that our futures can be different, and our words can be different, and our communities can be different, because we understand that these matter, and they should be influenced by this over time. See, just a few words over time in the life of someone, a few select words over time can impact someone's direction in life. Okay. So we get it. We believe this is true. And that means it starts with us. That means that words are important to us and they matter. This is so crucially important for us to understand. Over a few, only a few select words over time can impact someone's direction in life. And if we believe that Jesus is who he said that he was, he gave us very clear instructions to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then go and love your neighbor as yourself and that includes using your words. That means to your children, to your teenagers, to your parents, to the people who live next to you, to the guy on 95 who just gave you the middle finger, because it's happened to us all, right? To the Publix Deli, okay? Who, my goodness, I was there the other day, and I, I called Caitlin. I said, I can't. I got to, like, go, like, go through my message again because like, I'm going to start saying stuff, right? To the Delta people, like, who are on the phone, and they've canceled your flight, right? Like, I mean, it's just it's so true. But this is, it's words. It's all rooted in who Jesus is and how he told us to act here on this earth. So a few select words over time can impact someone's direction in life. And I want people to be on the best path with the best direction that they could ever, ever have. So may our words be chosen carefully. Let me pray for us. Dear God, I am so thankful for who you are and what you do in our lives. I'm so thankful that you had something to say about words. Because it can just change the direction in the heart of a human being. Those who are grown, but more specifically, those who are developing and who are younger. And so, God, I pray that you would bless us and guide us as we try to seek out what to do and how to use our words carefully at Downtown Harbor Church. To those who've wronged us, to those who are difficult to get along with, to those who don't even deserve a loving word in our life because they've hurt us, I pray that you'd help. I pray you'd convict our hearts so that we would use our words oh so carefully. And Jesus, I just ask this today in your name.